I am a huge proponent of investing in things you know. I'm just the hugest fan of it. I think it is the number one way to invest. I think one of the biggest problems with investing is people just follow and follow the herd and want to do new things. And they get so complicated with investing that it ends up ruining them. You know, they, they watch any YouTube video, you know, they, they see another thing on the blog. Oh my God, that guy made how much doing that? And then they just change their whole style. They get into things they have no idea. Oh my God, Bitcoin's up how much? And then they just destroy their portfolio. I like investing in things I understand. Apple financially made some sense, but until I really bought the iPhone, I didn't understand how good of an investment it was. I'm on Facebook all the time, great investment. You know, I bought my jacket at Nordstrom, and even though Nordstrom is one of those companies that looks like it can get really financially impacted. I think it's a relatively good investment right now, just versus other stores, because I bought something there and I can, in my mind, take the, the whole um, retail experience at Nordstrom, what they're offering, who their clientele is. I can contrast that to someone like, I don't know, Kmart or Sears and see why Nordstrom's doing a lot better. I'm a huge fan of that. It's just, it's just how I grew up. I don't know what it is. So when it comes to the travel industry, I think the only way to really dig in there and understand, is this something that we can invest in again? It's a travel. And guess what, flight crew? I did that. I put my life out there, put it on the line, risked my blood for you, flight crew. So you can make some extra returns on your investments. So here's a million dollar question. Is the travel industry an easy 30% return? I mean, we look at Delta Airlines. We look at Carnival cruise ships. A lot of these companies have been massacred by the downturn. You look at Wynn Resorts just absolutely demolished. And obviously it makes sense, right? How can Carnival cruise ships or Royal Caribbean be a good investment if there is literally no cruise ships operating right now? Margins were slim enough before, but with no boats being, you know, serviced and how are they going to pay for all their debt that they have? How are they going to pay for their assets, the maintenance of it? How are they going to pay their, their staff? Like, like, where does this money come from? The airplane industry, right, with less flights, how are they going to pay for the maintenance of their airplanes? How are they going to buy new airplanes, right? How are they going to pay for those fuel costs? There's so much fixed expenditures that are in these companies that need to be paid whether the company's operating or not. And an investor's number one thing they should be asking themselves right now is, is the travel industry ever projected to get back to where it was before because i think we're all on the same page that we know people are going to fly planes we know the airplanes are going to be there before but are they going to get back to the highs that they used to be well i'll just give you my take on this so recently i took a trip to lavish jamaica it was gorgeous beautiful women beautiful food 
beautiful pools, everything. It, it was absolutely amazing. I, I probably gained like 20 pounds just eating buffet food, but it's great. But the number one thing that I was interested in is the airport experience. You know, I've heard a lot of things going on there where uh, the airports, they're going to have like divided seats and everything like that. Like there won't be no middle rows. And to my surprise, you know, I live in Canada currently. And to my surprise, Air Canada was packed. Like all the seats were filled um, basically at capacity. Um, and I was very surprised by that. The experience was a bit different. You know, we there had to be travel authorizations. Basically, the country you're traveling to needs to know some information on you, know when your last COVID shot was. So, of course, you have to get uh, tested for COVID before you go there. Um, you know, they give you hand sanitizer when you're there. Uh, all in all, just just a bit more precautions are taken, but relatively similar. And then it hit me. I think in two years, the travel industry is going to be back to 100% on the retail side. That's just me and you going to resorts, going to vacations. I think easily within two years, for sure, 100%. And the only reason I say two years is because before a lot of people vacation, especially the older people, they want to know for sure that it's safe and the only way that's going to happen is if younger people go back they share their experiences on youtube facebook with their family and let them know yeah yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty chill it's, it's a lot of safety precautions going on I, there's like no chance of catching covid as these stories come out more i think the airplanes are going to go back to 100 percent. now right now they're filling up planes but they're not sending as much out as normal like it's not a packed packed airport experience as normal not as much flights are going out but I think that demand, that pent up demand, that's people waiting in their sweaty, hot apartment buildings, the interest is going to be there. Let me tell you that much. As people are saving money by not commuting to work, they are going to travel, travel just when, you know, it starts getting accepted again. So I think the demand is going to come back. The only thing that I'm sort of looking at and I'm like, hmm, I don't necessarily know how this will come back and what way is business travel. So businesses make up or people who are traveling business class make up around like 12% of all customers. You know, think about, you know, if you're working in a consulting company, you have to consistently travel between states or countries. Uh, you're going to be traveling a lot. And that makes up a lot of business for these airlines. Now, 12% is nothing to sneeze at. And when you think about not only the customer uh, amount of 12%, but how much revenue they generate, it's more around like a quarter percent of their revenue is generated from business class. Remember, business people spend way more for their business travel, you know, so they generate a lot of money, a quarter of their profits from business. And as businesses adapt to a model that relies less on travel and more on you know, a Zoom and Skype communication, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, these airplane providers, how they adapt to that sort of loss of revenue. 
Now, of course, you know, maybe there's going to be businesses are going to do more like longer getaways or maybe it's going to be less on relying on, you know, traveling to specific, you know, uh, clients places. Maybe there's going to be like quarantine zones where a lot of these business travel, they quarantine themselves somewhere else for two weeks as part of business. Like, I don't know how business is going to adapt to that, but all in all, I don't think it's a big concern of mine. Yes, there's going to be less business travel. I just feel as if the since on the retail side, people are going to be traveling more and more. I just don't see how this is not going to trickle down to the business side. I just I just don't see how it's not going to. I just think people are getting used to their new normal. And once they feel comfortable, it's going to be there. Now, cruise lines, cruise lines are a bit farther away. Um, There's a simple reason is this. Airplanes, they don't use recycled air. Everyone kind of has like fresh air being uh, shot down to them uh, from above and you get that good smell. Cruise lines, the way they're built is they use more recycled air, which means that a lot of the air that you're breathing has been in other people's rooms. Of course, it's filtered out for smell and all that stuff or whatever, but... But yeah, there's a lot more uh, recycled air. And what that means is that if one person has Corona, they've been sneezing a lot. Um, it's very possible for that to spread to all areas of the cruise. And that's why you saw initially when the coronavirus was really spiking, a lot of these cruise ships had to be docked on the water with nobody allowed to leave because it was just a literal germ fest for everyone on board. I think Carnival Cruise is going to need to wait for a vaccine to come out before people can really board or they're going to need massive reinvestment on their ships to make sure they're not using uh, recycled air. And this is the same thing goes for Norwegian. Same thing goes for Royal Caribbean. I think that that industry is going to get be severely impacted by people um, being sick from COVID. But if I had to make a prediction on when airlines are going to come back and when's a good time to invest, I, I I like I like investing now. I like it. I don't love it. I like it. And the only reason I don't love it is this. I think America right now, especially coming to election with Trump um, as president, Trump's basing a lot of his campaign on the COVID virus not being that serious. The ramifications of that is that the COVID um, numbers are going to be spiked up to a level where I don't think flying from America to somewhere else is going to be viewed upon by that place they're flying as favorable. You know, a lot of people when I was on, you know, the Jamaican resort, especially the people who work there are pretty, you know, hesitant about Americans still because they're one of the highest places with the virus, especially these high virus areas that are spiking up. I think that this affects a lot of American companies. So like Delta Airlines, although I like them um, as one of the airlines, I think because of obviously, you know, they operate in America so much, uh, I think they're going to be impacted. Now, of course, Air Canada, the the flight that I took, obviously I have a lot of flights to my to, to the American everything. 
but they're still coming out of Canada. There's still Canadian people who, you know, if they're going to travel to America before, maybe they're going to travel to Europe or the Caribbeans more instead. They're going to change up where they're vacationing. So I don't necessarily, I think they're going to come out of it a bit better than the States. However, the only reason why Air Canada to me is a, eh, I don't know, um, is just a simple fact that I like to buy Canadian stocks because I have Canadian dollars. I like to do it when the Canadian dollar is high because that means when the Canadian dollar um, uh, what's the name? When the Canadian dollar is higher, um, you know, the Canadian, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Let, 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 me, let me back that up for you a bit. Correction. I like to buy Canadian stocks when the American dollar is high. Let me read that again. When the American dollar is high, I like to buy Canadian stocks. And this is a simple reason. If I make my money in Canadian dollars to convert it to American, I lose way more when the American dollar is higher. Therefore, when the American dollar is high, I want to increase my proportion of Canadian stocks. Now that the Canadian dollar is strengthening and getting stronger, now all of a sudden American companies are a better deal for me. Therefore, I don't necessarily want to be adding more Canadian companies to my portfolio. Instead, I probably even want to be selling Canadian companies and buying American ones because American companies are at a better deal. Now, earlier when the crash first happened, um, the American dollar was at 1.45. 1.45 is a crazy number to be at. Right now, it's at around 1.32, which, I don't know, head math, that's um, a bit under 10%, maybe, or maybe just at 10% um, difference. So with everything going on in the world, in America printing records amounts of money, it just seems obvious that there's going to be more inflation and the American dollar might go down some more. But at the same time, around 1.31, 1.3, 1.34, that is a sort of prices where I like American stocks at. So that's the only thing that's hesitated, making me hesitate from really throwing a bunch of my money in Air Canada. And what's also making me hesitate on buying these airlines is that a lot of them um, are really dependent on America's economy. Um, so maybe, you know, I can look for something elsewhere, but right now I'm just having a little hesitation. So I bought a bit of Air Canada, you know, why not? I'm Canadian, so I'm using my Canadian dollars. But other than that, I'm still a bit hesitant, but I do like airline stocks right now cruise line stocks just not so much yet um hotels and resorts a lot of them of course rely on america's economy no one really wants to travel to america so i'm a little hesitant on that as well but just know that for airline stocks i do like them right now and as always the best, most brightest investors are the uneducated ones. That's because the uneducated investor, they never stop learning. The hardest thing about stocks, I would say, is that it's 
literally almost impossible to time. It, it's literally it's like it's almost impossible to find the perfect time to buy a stock. That so just with that in mind, I like to buy it a bit before I think it's um, you know a great time to buy. That's why right now I'm buying a bit of Air Canada, but not a lot. Um, but all in all, it's really just the Canadian dollar for me getting so strong compared to the American ones that's causing me to pull away. But that's it for this one. We got to take off flight crew. If you want to continue this conversation, I'm at Fly Stew on Twitter, and we got to take off. <laughs>